Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Faith Christian Podcast. At Faith Christian, our purpose is to help people find and follow Jesus. For more information about Faith Christian, check out our website, fccnp.org, or stop by on a Sunday morning. We'd love to meet you. Now we hope you enjoy this recent teaching from Faith Christian Church. I want to thank the praise team today. Um, we had some people that had to go out of town at the last minute, and we had some sickness at the last minute, and we had to throw a praise team together very quickly. And um, yesterday, about 6.30-ish, we finally got everything put together, and so I'm grateful for them. Um, it's always great when people step up and say, yep, I'll do that for you. So I want to thank them all for doing that. Yeah. Growing up, I had a lot of passions in life. I remember as a kid, um, some of those passions. I loved to attempt to play sports. I was never good at sports. You know, I was just one of those awkward kids, a little too fat to do anything, way too slow to be on the football field, and I really didn't like getting hit and those kind of things. But I loved to play sports. I loved to watch sports. I remember I loved hanging out with friends growing up, especially in high school. That was what I loved to do. But I also loved music. And I quickly realized, do you know what that meant? I really didn't fit in any place. Anybody ever felt like that? Not really fitting in where you're supposed to be? I have to be honest with you, I, and I, I say this humbly, and I mean this humbly, but when I was growing up, I was gifted in music. And I was afforded some great opportunities in music. My freshman year of high school, we moved in October, uh, right as I started my freshman year. We left um, Bloomington, Indiana, the hotbed of Indiana University. I had a music program in the high school that I was a part of that was one of the top music programs in the state of Ohio. And I went to this little podunk town named Madison, Indiana, with a music teacher that barely knew what a note was. And he was just going through the motions of teaching. And I got some great opportunities because I befriended some people at church. A doctorate, a guy that had his doctorate in music and was the head of the music department at Hanover College, which was about 15 minutes from where we lived. And he invited me my sophomore year to begin singing in the Hanover Choir. And I began to travel with Hanover College as a high school student. And I, I did a lot of great things. He, was, he allowed me to try out for honors choirs. And he allowed me to try out for state vocal competitions and those kind of things. But once again, <coughs> I just didn't fit in. My friends at school, they were in the music program there. My friends that were athletes, they didn't understand why I would want to sing and why I'd want to go on these college trips. I just didn't fit in. But all that time, I had this poster hanging in my room. I've told you about this poster before. I still remember Aunt Jackie gave it to me. 
She was my Sunday school teacher in Muncie, Indiana, and she gave it to me right before we moved away. It was this um, laminated poster, and it says, I'm okay, God doesn't make junk. Well, it's one of those posters that's easy to think about, but it's also one of those posters that it's really hard for us to accept sometimes, isn't it? Have you ever felt like that? You don't fit in. You're different from somebody else. And let's be honest, it still happens today as adults. It's not just our teens. We fall for the lie of listening to others' opinions. And we fall for the lie of comparing ourselves to others' actions. We do it every day, don't we? Every one of us. How many of you have one of these little things? Raise your hand if you have one of these things. I'm guessing every hand in this room will go up. I would also say, I'm going to guess that at least, <coughs> excuse me, 85% of us have a social media account that's on this little device, don't we? We try to say we're not controlled by social media, but let's be honest, we all scroll through it multiple times a day. And let's be honest, we often listen to what that social media says. We try to keep up with the people. We try to keep up with all of the things that are going on. We look at what friends from the past that we haven't had any contact with for years are doing, and we think, why can't I be more like that? Or we see things happening and we think, why can't I participate in that? Every one of us, we search for significance in the wrong place. 35 years ago, a man by the name of Robert McGee wrote a book entitled Search for Significance. I pulled this book out a few months ago just to look through again. You know, sometimes pulling out old books are good things to do. And in the introduction, he said these words that I think are so true still today. He says, most of us are unaware of how thoroughly Satan has deceived us. He has led us blindly down a path of destruction captives of our inability to meet our standards consistently and slaves to low self-esteem. Satan, I love this phrase, has shackled us in chains that keep us from experiencing the love, freedom, and purpose of Christ. You know what? After 35 years... I don't think anything's gotten any better in our society today, has it? In fact, in many ways, it may have regressed some. We are still strapped and struggle with our significance and where we rate in the world. For a few minutes today, that's what I want to talk about. I want us to begin to realize that our significance is not found in the things that all of the world says it's found in. There's nothing wrong with some of those good things. In fact, many of those things that we strive for are great things that God encourages. But we need to remember 
that who we are and whose we are have nothing to do with those things. Listen to these words that Paul writes to the Ephesians church. I want to read these from Eugene Peterson's The Message because I think Eugene Peterson does a great way of paraphrasing these. Paul writes, And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go into sexual obsession, addicted to every kind of perversion. Let's pause for a minute, because it is easy for us today to hear the noise of the crowd. We, in our culture today, listen to everything else. I was listening to the radio this week, and I was hearing this, and I was, I, I was just enamored by what I was listening to. There are several people in our Congress that are trying to put out a referendum today. Now, I don't mean to get into a political debate, and I'm not going to get into a political debate about this, but they are trying to say that if you are under 16, that they want to outlaw that TikTok can be on your phone. Whatever you think about that. I'm not, I'm not on TikTok. I've, I've TikToked once. It, you know, whatever that is. I was in Arizona, and there was a group of kids, and they said, you want to be on TikTok with us? And I said, what do you do? And they said, act stupid. I said, I can do that. And so I acted stupid. They took a video, and they said, you're a TikTok star. I'll sign autographs afterwards. <laughs> but the reality is this. We are so consumed by making sure that we put everything on social media. We're so consumed by making sure that everyone hears what we're doing that we miss the still, small voice that God is active and he is with us. Everyone today is screaming that our significance is only found in the outside things. We go along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd that Eugene Peterson translates here. Some people talk about the younger generation struggling with this, but every one of us still today struggles with this. We have never outgrown this ourselves, have we? We're driven by what people think. We're driven what, by what people say. And we're driven that if we can just reach this next milestone to try to keep up, trying to do something for others' opinions. But that's not what God wants. Paul doesn't stop the text to the Ephesians church there. Listen to what he goes on to say beginning in verse 20. But that's no life for you. You learned Christ. My assumption that is that you have paid careful attention to him, that you have been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in Jesus. Since then, we do not have an excuse of ignorance 
everything and i do mean everything connected with that old way of life has to go listen to these words it's rotten through and through get rid of it and take on an entirely new way of life a god-fashioned life a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God has accurately reproduced his character in you. My friends, God wants us to take on a new way of life. Now please hear me. I am not here to say that social media is bad. I, I, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok. You know, unless you want my Google me on TikTok if you can. I don't know. Never been on it. You know, maybe you can see me doing one of these things with a bunch of kids. I'm not saying those things are bad. But what I'm saying is when those things control us and they control our emotions and when we are so consumed by what other people say that we've lost track of what God desires in us, then we've crossed the line where we have allowed the crowds to give us direction and not God. Robert McGee goes on to say this, living freely and fully in Christ requires that we put ourselves in an environment of understanding and encouragement so that we can experience God's love through his people his spirit and his word this healthy environment will encourage us to make obedient choices rather than follow the enticing deceptions of the world my friends i think god wants his church his people to stand up and realize that their significance is found in him and him alone and to realize that when we come together, we encourage that in one another. I don't know if you followed this online about what is taking place down in Kentucky, just a few hundred miles from us, Asbury Seminary. A few weeks ago, a group of kids, chapel service gets over, and they decide... They're not going to stop worshiping. They're going to continue to worship. February 8th, I think, was the day that this happened. A little over two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago. For two weeks, they have continually sought God's presence in their school. You know what we're seeing happening in other Christian colleges across the United States? Other Christian colleges are saying, that's a great idea. Let's go to God and let's seek his presence in our lives and let's seek his presence in our place. What do you think would happen if the church universal decided to quit bickering about all of the outside things and started looking to God and saying, God, my significance is found in you and you alone help me to be the person you have called me to be. That's what God wants. 
He wants his people to bind together and not look at the differences and not look at this guy's a great athlete and this guy's a great musician and this guy's as dumb as a box of rocks, but looking at saying, we are the body of Christ and we are called to be together as one. So how do we put off this old self? And how do we put on the new self that God has asked us to do. I think Paul gives us four ways of doing that in the book of Romans. I love the book of Romans. This is Paul's master's thesis of theology. Maybe it's his PhD doctorate thesis of theology. But he begins to outline for us how we should clothe ourselves in Christ. Listen to these words, beginning in verse 3 of chapter 6. Paul says, Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death, like his, we will certainly also be united with him in the resurrection like his. For we know that this old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with so that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free. Now, if we die in Christ, we believe that we will also live in him the first thing i think paul tells us that we need to do is we need to know who christ is we need to recognize that our hope and our significance is not found in the world our hope and our significance is found in christ think about this for just a minute god sent his one and only son jesus to die for us. Think about that. I used to work in St. Louis as a chaplain at St. Louis University Hospital. I loved my time there. I, um, while I was there, I served on the um, transplant chaplains group. I got called in when people were getting ready to go into surgery to have a heart transplanted in them, a liver, a kidney. It always amazed me as I sat there and I spent time with these individuals that were going in for surgery and their life was going to be altered for the rest of their life. They realized that the heart that was creating the issue in their body was about to be taken out of their body and a new heart was being given to them. They also realized that the only way they were getting these new organs was because somebody else had passed away. I'll never forget the day I was on call. It was a Saturday afternoon. And it wasn't a busy day at the hospital, thankfully. We had a young mom that had been in an automobile accident. And she was being declared brain dead that day. At that time in the state of Missouri, Two tests had to be done 12 hours apart. And so I sat with this family for 12 hours. 
I watched the family together. I watched a young daughter lay in the bed with mom and read stories to mom. I watched them grieve as they realized that this mom was going to be taken away from them and she had passed away. I watched them as they walked with her and wheeled her down the hall to surgery 12 hours later, knowing that the next time they saw her, she wouldn't be alive any longer. My beeper rang. That was back in the days when we had beepers. And I was being called downstairs because this lady was about to give another lady a new liver. I went down. Of course, HIPAA was there. I couldn't tell him what I had just spent 12 hours doing. But I got to see the celebration. I want you to think about that for a minute because those donors had no choice. They didn't choose to die. They may have chosen to be an organ donor, but they didn't choose to give their life for somebody else. God chose to give his one and only for you and me. Where does that place us in significance? God chose to give his son to die for you 2,000 years ago. Paul goes on to say in verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ. The first thing that we need to do is know our significance in Christ. But the second thing, we need to consider our significance in Christ. It means we need to calculate all of the things and add up the facts. The stuff of the world, when we begin to recognize what God did for us, the stuff of the world is kind of insignificant, isn't it? You all know that I'm a funeral director now. It's amazing to me when I sit down with families and I begin to talk with them about memorializing their families, the things that are no longer important. You know, they talk about relationships and time. They talk about the things that they did together. They talk about the blessings and all of the joys and all of the good times. Have you paused to consider what God has done for you and how he has placed unique things in your life to get you to be where you are? I was thinking just this week, those three years that I spent at Hanover College in their music department, I, I traveled with them. I, I never fit in. I wasn't a college student. I, wasn't, I, I couldn't go out and do things that all those college students were doing out on these trips. But I began to realize that God uniquely put me in those opportunities because he prepared me to teach me how to deal with people how to spend time with people, how to embrace people, how to be different, but yet still have relationships. God has created each and every one of us in a unique 
way. We all have different gifts, different abilities, and God wants to use those gifts and abilities together. It reminds me of that passage in, sec- in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where God talks about the different body parts. We can't all be an eye or a head or a foot or a hand, how we all need to work together. And at the end of that text, he says these words, so there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be equal concern for each other. If one part suffer, everyone suffered. If one part is honored, every part rejoices. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you should be a part of it. My friends, consider this. God has called you in a unique way at a unique time to do a unique work just for him. Do me a favor. Do it. Don't sit there and say, but God, I can't do that. Or if I could only do this, God doesn't care. He needs you. And he needs you in that unique way. Paul goes on in Romans chapter 12 or chapter 6. He says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. After we know our significance is found in God and we consider and add up all of the things that God has uniquely made for us, it's time for us to present ourselves to him. And here's the choice. God offers us the choice to do it for him, to present our gifts and our abilities and our uniqueness to God. But I think that's the crux of the conflict today. Our hearts have been completely given to other things. And God says, I want you to be mine. I want you to have a relationship with me. As I look around this room, I realize we are uniquely gifted in God. Every one of us have unique gifts and every one of those gifts are something that can be used by God the choice is if we're going to use them or not or we're going to just continue to hold them back and think that's not significant Paul concludes it with this what then shall sin Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know when you offer yourself to someone as an obedient slave, you are a slave to the one you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to the obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that through you used to be slaves to sin, you have, become, you have come to obey from your heart the patterns of the teaching that, is now, that now has claimed your obedience. You have been set free from sin 
and you will become slaves to righteousness. The final thing Paul tells us to do is we're just simply to obey. God doesn't ask us to create something new in us. God simply says, use the gifts he has given you in unique ways and follow him and become that new self in Christ. I am convinced that we live in a world today where people are struggling with their identity. They're struggling in so many ways. It's all over the news about the identity crisis in many different ways. But the fact is, our identity should be found in Christ, in Christ alone. And we need to realize that as God looks at us, he says, you are enough. You are good. When we look at our lives, we see negatives. But God sees opportunities. When we look at our lives, we can't see what God sees. But God sees possibilities. I'm going to invite the praise team to come back up. Several years ago, a Christian artist um, put this song out. It says, the title of the song is You Say. I'm going to invite them to play this song and sing this song. We're going to invite you to sing along. As we're singing the song, the uh, servers are going to begin to come around and pass communion. Take those, that cup and that bread. But what I really want you to do in these moments together is listen to the words of this song. Because the reality is this. The world says one thing. But God says you are enough. You are good. And you are blessed. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to Oh. 
you say of me I believe 